Welcome back into another episode of Where the Game Lives On, the official podcast of the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Coming to you on the week of drop, a very, very busy week for the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. We have got several things going on preparing for our annual Springfield enshrinement, the Super Bowl of sorts for us. A lot of big names that we are inducting uh, this coming Sunday, February 4th. Anthony Tolliver, Kickapoo standout, Justin Britt, Lebanon standout, Mizzou product, NFL guy, Lucas Harrell, a local baseball player turned professional, longtime broadcast radio announcer Tom Ladd, USA softball Tammy Williams. We're barely even getting into the list. It's just name after name after name. Uh, very, very deserving individuals. We're looking forward to it. It's always a good time whenever we get those folks in town, get to, uh, you know, get to just make a memorable day for them, uh, giving them recognition for their careers filled with outstanding achievements. People don't know how much goes into it, right? It's not just show up and eat and clap. We it's, wish. There's a lot of we wish. Uh, how many meals and chairs and tables and napkins and tickets and how are the tickets? I mean, there's a lot of logistical stuff, especially this last week. It's been a very yeah busy, busy week so yeah. far and will continue to be so, so. Yeah, we enjoy it. It's all for the sake of the cause, which is uh, creating that memorable day, mm-hmm. right? Giving those people the recognition that they deserve. Um, we can't wait. We can't wait. There's definitely a sense of achievement, a sense of crossing the finish line once we get to Sunday and uh, can kind of just slow down and do business as usual when it comes to showtime, for lack of better terms. Uh, but uh, we'll get there, and we enjoy uh, we enjoy every step of the way, even though sometimes there's obstacles, hurdles, whatever you may say, hoops to jump through. Um, but uh, want to remind you, big guests coming up here in the coming weeks on the podcast. Anthony Tolliver will be joining us next week. Justin Britt to follow. Also want to remind you, Tyler Hansbro uh, will be joining us in March. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of basketball. We like kicking out the brackets as well. Uh, a UMKC standout as well, an inductee of 2023, Michael Watson, uh, will be joining us here in March as well. Uh, you're a big, you're a big college basketball guy. You, uh, you enjoy the college basketball. I, I mean, I don't watch as much as I used to, but I follow. <laughs> I, I mean. I say I follow. If I looked at the top twenty-five right now, I probably would be surprised at half the teams in there, though. So yeah, and we broke it down a little bit uh, a week or two ago. Go I saw this. Listen this, to that episode. This Saturday is a huge, huge. I think there's three top ten matchups. Oh, really? um, I think it's Duke Carolina one. I think they're, I don't know, seven and ranked seventh and fourth. I know uh, Kentucky's tenth. They're hosting like number seven Tennessee. And then Houston is at Kansas. So a lot of good games. So that's three top ten matchups this Saturday alone. You know, and I, I really, think they're back to back to back on ESPN. So that's nice. Yeah. I really like the uh, the Baycott kid from UNC. Just I love those physical forwards. Kid, the guy's been there like seventeen <laughs> years. So. Fair, fair. If somebody's younger than me, I automatically just say kid. But I actually, uh, uh, my brother in law is a huge North Carolina Tar Heel fan, and so I actually was able to get him a. An Armando Baycott signed jersey for Christmas. Uh, that's so he sweet. Was, he was happy about that. That's sweet. That's sweet. Um, I love when they have those big matchups, especially this time of the year when they mean a lot. Teams are really trying to get that momentum. Do they still do those like cross conference kind of mashups? Yeah, it's deals? usually in early December. Um, it used to be like the SEC, uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, yeah, the like SEC that. used to have one with uh, Big, the 12? Big Twelve, but yeah. now they've switched to. A different conference. Of course, that's going to all change, right? Because all the conferences are looking different. And Did the SEC switch to this? I don't know. Different this year. I don't Big know. Ten, maybe. Mm. 
that's good that, that's good ball right there yeah. big 10 that's yeah uh, no it's we, the sec acc challenge oh is that what it yeah, is because they played uh North Carolina, I believe. No, no, no. They got they played Miami. They hosted Miami. Never mind. So, but you're telling me though that something makes sense geographically <laughs> in NCAA. Well, and it, it was weird because like Arkansas beat Duke in uh, Fayetteville in the ACC SEC challenge, mm-hmm. but Arkansas's won like one game in the conference. So it's like mm. they've like weird things are going flattened on out maybe or down at the SEC basketball was- palace of the Midwest. Have you ever been there before? I have not. That I've heard barn, that barn down there. Uh, first time I went that you walk up and it, it says something like the basketball palace of the Midwest. Is <laughs> it, are you being sarcastic or is no, it a really that's, nice facility? That's what it says on the side of it. I mean, it's like a barn. I mean, it's, it's a great atmosphere. It's nothing fancy, but it's a great really? atmosphere. they, they bring it, but I feel like, but it does on the outside. It says like the basketball palace of the Midwest. Really? Yeah. Really? Um, Oklahoma's football stadium has kind of a, they call it the palace on the prairie out there. Uh, of course you're talking about a 96,000 seat where they have their stadium. sooner, the boomer schooner sooner, whatever that thing is. Yeah. I was actually there that wagon. I was there when it tipped. Do you remember? Yeah, it was, I, I can't remember who they were playing, yeah. but it was a windy day. It was day. in the end zone. One, in yeah. The end zone. So, so they always have it in that Northeast end zone and it basically comes out to maybe the 20 or the 30 and just does a little circle. It's a windy day. Somebody just cut that. I don't know who they, <laughs> it was a first time driver on that thing, but somebody just cut it too Speaking hard. And that thing weird things. And this is, I'm not, I'm <laughs> we're going trying, off the I'm trying to do a segue, but I was seeing old clips of Barry Sanders against the Niners in the NFC championship from mm. like, I don't know, 1980 or something yeah. crazy. It was like a long time ago. And there was a live lion on the sidelines with like a leash. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. I saw that. <laughs> it, yeah. it had like a leash. She wasn't even really, I was like, okay. How'd they do that? Right. No did idea. they, did they fly that thing in from Detroit? Did they, did they rip one out in California? Tranquilizers on that thing. I don't oh, know. That's man. That's a wild line. times back then so. in the, in the late nineties. It's man. Talk about a guy we didn't get enough of. Barry right? Sanders. Barry that, did you get to see him play? That guy just was highlights, freak, just highlights, right? He was a little before he me. played on some, some bad teams, but, Man, he was just a freak. Yeah. Just I was, un- untackable. I mean, you couldn't tackle the guy. He was just juking everywhere. And he's like, what, 5'8"? He was, uh, he, he in was cleats, not very big. 5'8 in but, cleats, but. And then quit at like the top of his game. So Yeah. the I, Man, I was rooting for Detroit. I really was. Um, they had some good news on Tuesday. They're, they're keeping their OC. Mm-hmm. That's uh, he turned yep. down some offers. To, he had a chance to be a head coach at two different places, I think. Or at least they were looking at him. Yeah, that says a lot about culture. If you're willing to turn down a bag to have a chance at a Super Bowl. And they were close. They came out high I, in the in the NFC Championship. That was, obviously, everybody's going to second at me. It, here's the thing. Um, everyone's given Dan Campbell. I mean, he went for on fourth down twice yeah, in the second Dan half. Dan Gamble. Yeah, and obviously it didn't work out. So would we even be talking? Would we? What would we be saying if both of those would have worked and they won the game? Man, that guy gutsy. Yeah, gutsy. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's like it's really easy to criticize with the benefit of hindsight. And so that being said, I I mean, do I take the points? Maybe, but he didn't. And hey, I I can tell you right now, I will guarantee you that there's fifty six or. 53 guys in that locker room that'll run through a brick wall for Dan. No King. kidding. So. No kidding. Big fan of him. I've seen Twitter have their fun with it, though, too. A lot of people are like, don't go play blackjack with Dan Campbell unless you want to see well, him hit on 18. You know, that was a funny, <laughs> funny meme. Uh, <laughs> he gets 18. Hit me. But, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of 
Twitter, you know, keyboard warriors. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's coach of the year on Twitter. So. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. It's, it's different whenever you're actually in the spotlight and everything you do is kind of micro. It was, I saw uh, the best uh, crazy stat. I, I think it was 114 games in history in playoff games in history where a team led by 17 at halftime and only one of those games did the team losing lead entering the fourth quarter and that was Sunday night. Yeah. 114 game playoff games where a team was up by 17 or more points at halftime yeah. and then only one scenario were they losing entering the fourth quarter. That's a that that's a fan base that's been through a lot and that's a tough pill to swallow. And that really is. I mean Brock Purdy probably should have Probably should win the MVP, not going to, but he uh, he had a heck of a season and he was did not play well in the first half. No, but he yeah. played lights turned, out. In the second, yeah, turned so. it around. Turned around. Of course, he got Kyle Shanahan. I mean, yeah. no, offensive mind. They got some football. some weapons, but it was it was a great game. But I mean, Detroit. I don't think Detroit is one of those teams. It's okay. Well, they had their one year. See you later. Um, I, I think they're building something. Yeah, well, so. and you look at, they went from like a four-win season in Campbell's first year, nine last year, and then, you know, you go to the NFC Championship. Well, that, I mean, and that's that four, prob- the four-win season, I think they started like 0-9 oh, that year. Oh, really? It was, I mean, he it was like, okay, more the same. Yeah. But, uh, and I think who's their big stud defensive lineman? Uh, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah. Had his comments afterwards were like, we ain't going anywhere, essentially. Yeah. I mean, he was like, this is... And he even referenced Michigan. He goes, those college boys down the road. It took them a couple years of yeah. whatever. And, yeah. you know, it was. I hate using this expression, but uh, I would get in a foxhole with, with Dan Campbell, I think. He's a guy that you're willing to. He's, yeah. I mean, like I said, they'd run through a brick yeah, wall for him. Tough, tough loss for them, though. I'll tell you what, what surprises me about Purdy, and right, he never, he never wows you mm-hmm. in any sort of way. He just kind of. He's just a relevant. game manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just has enough elusiveness. He's not fast enough. You're going to spy him like a Lamar or anything. And it's kind of this entire sort of dynamic and in, in defensive scheming right now where, okay, he's, he's fast enough. We don't want to blitz him all the time, but he's slow enough. We're not going to spy him. And that allows this like gray area where on these like third and seven. Third and you well, know, he actually rushed for, rushed for more yards than Lamar Jackson did. Yeah, but, and, but uh, he just creeps out. But he can't catch him, and then he goes and gets eight and yards. All of a sudden, yep. So he, uh, Pat, a, Pat, Pat Mahomes can kind of do that too. He had you know? a uh, crazy stat. I don't know if it was a second. I think it was a second half only. The only player in history of the NFL that complete that rushed for this many yards, threw for this many, eighty percent completion percentage, really? no no turnovers. Hmm. Oh, of course. It's one of those, you know, what's it, next gen stats or yeah. Elias Sports Bureau. I mean, there's yeah. a stat for everything. They get but, so deep on it. Yeah. But he's the first guy ever to walk across that line. And, you know, <laughs> you can find a stat to figure it Nobody ever gives him credit, but right here. Yep. He has got the mind mm-hmm. of an NFL QB. Uh, and I always respect kind of his his religious stances that yeah. he takes. He's very, well, sweet. especially afterwards. He was like, at halftime, I was as calm as could be. He goes, Mm. We lose. I'm still blessed if we win. I'm still blessed. And he was, yeah. it was impressive. Yeah. My brother, in, brother-in-law's a huge 49ers, not this, not the North Carolina guy, a different brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, huge Niners fan. Uh, he grew up in California, grew up a Niners fan, but um, he's also a pastor of a church mm-hmm. in, over in Kentucky. And so uh, I sent him the post-game press conference where 
Brock Purdy was talking about, you know, how he was just relaxed at halftime and thanking God regardless. So, yeah, what great, poise, great what poise. Uh, we made you wait. Uh, we were going to get around to it, but the Chiefs, Chiefs get it done. I, I, I've said it to a ton of people this week. The, the Ravens played undisciplined football to a T, if yeah. he even could. Uh, it, it was just watching a team that has playoff experience rise to the occasion and watching a team that doesn't have as much playoff experience they were, fall apart. I think the, I agree 100%. I think there's a sequence that probably determined the out- outcome of the game or at least played a ma- massive role in it that summarizes exactly what you just said. Yeah. And that's the Zay Flowers finally, they finally get a big play. Yeah. You know, he gets down to like the eight yard line and, you know, instead of just getting up, putting the ball down and going to the huddle, he yeah. has to showboat. He gets called for taunting, which backs him up 15 yards, which completely changes your play calls at that yeah. point. Yeah. And then one, two plays later, he's diving to the end zone, and the same guy that he taunted knocks the ball out. And yeah. that's turning point. And in then the he game. slams his helmet on the sideline so and, and cut his that was, finger To me, that was that. the epitome of exactly what you just said undisciplined football versus we've act like you've been here before so. yeah and i mean ravens are a really good team really good team they didn't have their best effort this past weekend uh it's never over there was probably 11 12 minutes left in the game when that play yeah. happened and i remember i was watching the game with my fiance when they punched out that fumble right there at the goal line i said chiefs going back to Ball super game. bowl yeah <laughs> yeah just the momentum you could just it feel was, it it was just like the energy was sucked out of that stadium and, uh, you know, but, but yeah, Pat Mahomes is just playoff Patty. Oh my goodness. I mean, I don't need to, I'll say it. I don't need to glaze him here because he, he gets, he gets enough I just, praise, anybody, but my goodness. Anybody who picks against, even I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Um, anybody that picks against the Chiefs is crazy. So yeah, until you beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, then, you know, I haven't heard anything about, uh. I haven't heard anything about CMC this I don't, week. I don't even care about uh, who Vegas says is the favorite, regardless. <laughs> yeah. Until you beat the Chiefs the in the playoffs, champs, yeah. they're, they're the team to but beat. But CMC so. looked a little he looked a little hobbled to me at the end of that game, so I'm curious to see if they release anything about Obviously, he's going to play. I mean, yeah. It's the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, if you're playing on a, on a bum leg or a sprained ankle, well, you're, you're not going to be as after effective. After he scored, I th- he scored, I think, that put him up by 10, and they, there was a trainer rubbing his shoulders. Uh, look like to me. I, so I don't that. know if that's yeah. I don't know if that is uh, what you're talking about or not. But, well, we yeah. both surprisingly got our Super Bowl matchup predictions correct with the Chiefs mm-hmm. and the Niners. Um, headed to Vegas, which I think is very fitting. Current given given the current state of of you know professional sports in the relation to to Vegas. But um, gosh, did you see? You can in Canada they have a, a wager on if Travis Kelsey will propose to Taylor at the end of the game. <laughs> well, we both know this is headed towards a 50-yard line smooch with the confetti falling. So That's what the script writers want, right? That's, that's, that's what, what I'm the, predicting. That's what so. they're going for. So uh, it'll be interesting. So the question of the day is, uh, obviously, they're a win away. Uh, one of the biggest games to win, uh, if not the biggest in, in the world of sports. But uh, does a Super Bowl victory again for the Chiefs solidify them as a legitimate dynasty? I think they're already a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have to win another one. I think obviously it adds to it, but you play in six straight AFC championship games. I think this is what four Super Bowls in six years that they've played in. Yeah, it's crazy. If they win, 
I mean, I think they're already a dynasty. Uh, so I saw. Uh, I don't know. What, there's not necessarily a definition of dynasty, a minimum, whatever. But it's kind of like uh, Supreme Court said they knew what uh, obscenity was. That we'll know it when we see it. Well, <laughs> I see a dynasty. So. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a chance to catch a quick snippet of uh, Tom Brady on Tuesday. He was on Pat McAfee's show. Uh, basically saying, you know, I don't think anybody will ever do it as good as me and Bill. And I'm like, that's easy to say when you're watching perhaps greatness unfolding in the midst. Um, you know, uh, Pat's younger. He, he's got the better numbers at this point in his career. Uh, and he's shown that he can do it when it matters. I, there's not anyone who dislikes Tom Brady and the Patriots more than me. <laughs> Ser- I mean, being serious, I, I, re- I mean, they're just, uh. but. What the Chiefs have done is impressive. They yeah. are not the Patriots in terms of accomplishments. I would, yeah, I would they're on their way at this point. Yeah, I would agree. They're on their way. They they're already there as far as the you either like them or you hate them. I mean, there's a whole country of people rooting for San Francisco. Is that like, not the truth? Yeah, I mean, my goodness. So, I mean, I know that Chiefs fans don't like to hear that because I know a ton of Chiefs fans that hated the Patriots just like I did. Yeah, and they don't like to hear the fact that they're the Patriots now, but. The Chiefs have become the Patriots. I so. made I made the comment, yeah, and that's part of winning. I mean, I'd rather hey sign me up to be the Patriots. Yeah, you know, that means you've won a whole lot. Yeah, so. yeah. I made the comment last week, jokingly to to our staff, uh, to quote uh, Christopher Nolan film: uh, "You either die a hero mm-hmm. or you live long enough yeah. to see yourself become a villain." Seen that meme before? That's exactly what's going on. Well, with the then Chiefs, it goes though. back to actually, I, there was a meme that when the the first AFC Championship um, when Tom Brady came into Arrowhead. They won like 37, 31 in overtime. Yeah. Went and then they played like the worst Super Bowl ever against the Rams. I think they won like 13 <laughs> to three. It's the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Um, but going into that AFC championship, it showed the country map and who was rooting for who. And, everybody and the to. entire country was red except for like New England. Mm. And um, that was the everybody's for you. And then now you look at, you know, the, and I think the one I saw was going into the, to the AFC championship and, the entire uh, country was purple, mm. except for Missouri and Kansas, yeah. and then yeah. Ohio because and part of North of Pennsylvania because <laughs> of the AFC North. Yeah, right? yeah. So essentially, the entire country was rooting for the Ravens, you know, according I, to this meme. Anyway, so. I don't even think Kansas City Chiefs fans care either. I mean, here in this part of the no, country, I mean, the blood runs so thick for yeah. Chiefs Kingdom. They're like. They're almost ignorant to it, probably. Which, uh, the they, one I've I've talked to Chiefs, they, they don't because I mean they the same people I'm talking about were vocal about their hatred of the Patriots. Yeah, and they're well, Patrick Mahomes is not Tommy. You know, he's not like Tom Brady, and Travis Kelsey's not like Gronk. And I was, I'm like, well, is he? <laughs> they're both excellent, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's like I said, that means you're winning a whole lot if people the whole half the country hates you. So yeah. Well, speak of a guy that we want to have grace our doorways one day, Travis Kelsey might be, if, 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 if some people probably even say it's not debatable, one of the best, if not the best tight ends in the history of the NFL. And he continued to show that, you know, with his performance the other day. I mean, he's just, his capabilities as a pass catcher, and I'd love to hear Clay Harbor talk about it more because he had great insight on it. But the evolution of the tight end position is insane. And for him to be a guy that's like, this is your number one target. Not Essentially, a he's a wide receiver yeah. with a tight end's body. I mean, that's yeah. the, the whole position is, I mean, you even think Chiefs, you know, Tony Gonzalez, they're yeah. two different players. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, Tony Gonzalez was that traditional tight end, whereas, you know, he was kind of Travis Kelsey could line up a wide receiver and be just as good. I mean, he's yeah. he's a freak. Yeah. What, he, what was he, 11 catches in the first half, 11, 11 yeah. targets? Yeah. I mean, it was 11 for 11. He's, yeah. I mean, even when I think it's, it's probably a weird comparison, but when I think of uh, Tony Gonzalez compared to Travis Kelsey, it's like Tony made a lot of his living in the air, right? Mm-hmm. He'd be in the red zone, they'd throw him a jump ball. He'd be on a, a linebacker or something, and he'd get a lot of TDs that way. You never see Travis go up for balls, really. He's always over the middle, just you know, finding space, sitting in the zones, and just seems like he picks people apart for you know the whole four quarters. But uh, it'll be an interesting matchup headed to Las Vegas for uh, Super Bowl. What is this? Fifty eight, fifty seven, fifty eight. But we will see. It'll it'll be interesting to see if uh, the as Byron would put it, Chiefs dynasty can continue their reign. Uh, they'll have their hands full with, with the 49ers, but the Chiefs defense. I, they're not going to have their hands full. You don't think so? You think it's the Chiefs game to lose? I, I think 100% it's the Chiefs game to lose. If anybody that, that thinks otherwise is crazy. So San Francisco's good. Yes, they wouldn't be where they're at if they weren't decent. But like I said, I've seen this, I've seen this show before. So Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. It almost feels like a rewind too. It, I, it's a to rematch. me, honestly, it feels. I think the word I would use is inevitable. Really, mm-hmm. man, that's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah, but uh, that that's where they sit. You know, I mean, it's it's interesting too. Even how their team dynamic has changed. You know, we're not going to put up forty and outscore you. Now they do it with defense, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they their momentum came from defense against against Baltimore, and then it was the big plays they made there, but. Yeah, you just never know. Super Bowls are always, you know, flip of the coin. So, um, well, we're getting close to the end of our time. We have uh, a very busy schedule, a lot of stuff to get ready for for our Springfield enshrinement. Uh, We're looking forward to that. Uh, We want to remind you of the Champions Gala. April 4th, tickets are out now, and they're getting ready to uh, go fast. We've had several people contacting us about it. You can find information about that event in the podcast description below. Uh, as always, as promised, we have new episodes every Wednesday, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube as well. Be sure to check us out. Stay tuned. As we mentioned, a lot of big guests coming up. We're really looking forward to that. I uh, get to see some of those people this weekend ahead of their podcast uh, debuts, uh, for lack of better terms. But uh, with that, we are coming to an end. Byron, anything for the people? We will see you next week and hope to see you on Sunday at the Enjoyment. Absolutely. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Where the Game Lives On. 